And we're back. Another edition Stripe Show podcast, little post masters. And uh, Deki Matsuyama got the win. Big time win, really, uh, for not only himself, but the uh, country of Japan. And um, we're seeing now uh, quite the uh, explosion here of the game of golf all across the world. It's uh, it's absolutely burning up here. We know in the United States, the game is taking off. People are playing it all over the country. And uh, and trust me, the game is very big in Japan as well. And it's going to continue to grow as Hideki brings the green jacket back to Japan. First player ever to do that from Japan. And help us to break it all down. Someone who uh, has been in the media for a long time. I know you recognize his face. 18 years around the horn columnist at the Dallas Morning News, Tim Kalashaw. Tim, thanks for uh, getting up and joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Travis. It's fun. 18 years around the horn. You guys are doing something right. When we uh, met at the Carnegie Deli to discuss the show, we thought it might last about 18 weeks. But uh, (laughs) somehow it started in 2002 and still rolling. It's awesome. I've been watching it. You probably get this a lot. I've been watching it since I was a kid. Since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I started when I was 12, so it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Is, is Woody Page as crazy as he comes across? He is. He's He pretty much plays himself on TV. <laughs> he's not playing a character. I can vouch for that. You know, you look at you look at the game of golf, and I know you talk all kinds of sports on Around the Horn. You're following it all. And uh, I know you're a big golfer as well. You've You've covered the Masters for many years. And being in the media as long as you have, I'm sure you've kind of got a scope of the Japanese media. I mean, it's a big deal in Japan uh, to see one of their own in Hideki Matsuyama win this thing. Can you give us just kind of the, the the scope here of how big this is over there in Japan? Yeah, I'll give it to you a couple of different ways. One, uh, when you Darvish came to the Rangers in 2012 and suddenly the Rangers traveling press corps went from about three to about 12 because, because the, Japan has a lot of daily newspapers and a lot of media outlets over there. And uh, they, they followed his every move. And, and as you said, I, my first masters, um, VJ Singh won it. So I mm-hmm. think that's the 2000 masters and I've covered 10 or 12 of them. I've been there quite a few times and I've been there when Hideki Matsuyama is a good player and, and some of the other uh, players that have come and gone that haven't been as good as he is but they get a ton of attention. And I was thinking yesterday watching it because I know a lot of the Japanese media is not there because of, because of COVID and the travel mm-hmm. restrictions and all, how much that might've helped him not feel like Saturday after he's done what he's done. He did a little media interview with his interpreter and that was probably it as opposed to, you know, they, they can make you feel the weight of that country pulling for you. So it might've been a little relief for him there, but they're extremely intense about their sports there uh, and about golf, especially. And I'll say this, I've, I've been to, I've been to Tokyo twice, uh, uh, not for golf, for, for football a long time ago, but even the first trip in the eighties, and this is way before top golf was invented. Mm. They had triple decker driving ranges because they don't have a lot of land over there, but they, so they stack them and they're probably more than three high, to be honest. I mean, they, they load them up and, and people love golf over there. And as you know, there's been some good players through the years, 
but there hasn't been one to break through and win a major. And it was only a matter of time before Hideki did it. Yeah. You know, Y.E. Yang and the Ozaki's, of course, they're like, they're like right. rock stars over there, you know, right. and, and Hideki, you know, I think was is certainly the most talented. He won the amateur um, low am at the masters 10 years ago. And now here he is um, as a professional low am and he came in really to the tournament and he really wasn't showing much form at all he hasn't been in contention in a while he hadn't had much right. smoke there and i think he was probably feeling the heat it's hard to relate to a player like that representing a country like japan which is a, an enormous you know uh, you know country a lot of people and as intense as the media is i mean to be wearing that on your shoulders now granted they haven't been able to be there as much but he knows and he's been through it with these guys covering him that to handle that kind of pressure and come out and play the way he did, man, that, that's some serious toughness in my eyes. It, it, it's a, it is, it is toughness. And it surprised me in that I thought maybe three or four years ago, more, he was more ready to win a major when he was yeah. playing at a really high level. And you just thought he was ready to break through. And when he didn't, and in fact, I don't think he's won a tournament in about four years, three or four years. Um, you, he's kind of one of those guys you know is a good player, but you forget about him. But here's how good he is. I looked this up this morning, and I think it's correct. So I'll throw it out here. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, I'll find out later. But the last five years, there's only two guys who finished in the top 15 in FedEx Cup points, and it's Justin Thomas and Hideki Matsuyama. So he's always right around the top, and he's always really good, but he just hasn't. Usually hadn't made enough putts to win yeah. it. Uh, and, and this time, you know, he made those putts on Saturday and, and, and got the lead and, and, you know, had some moments yesterday, but he didn't let go. So that is, that is a sign of toughness. Yeah. You got to go back to 2017 WGC Bridgestone. Yeah, he won okay. in August and then he won actually waste management the year before that. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, in February before that, but then he won waste management before that. He actually went back to back in Phoenix. So it's been two, since 2017. Right. And um, his putter is his crutch. I mean, and you could see him grinding on it. I mean, I think he made a couple adjustments with his putting and he was out there grinding, putting, even after Saturday's round, which he yeah. was just, he played the best post, um, you know, the, the weather delay. And he came out and just blitzed him after that. But then he went straight to the putting green, was still grinding. The next morning, I think he spent more time than he usually does on a Sunday putting, and it paid off. I mean, you got at Augusta, you got you to make some putts. Um, yeah. You know, he's a ball-striking machine, but that's usually the putter that, um, that holds him back. And you look at his form coming in, um, you know, Valero, 30th, missed the cut at the players, 18th at Arnold Palmer, 15th at WGC, missed the cut at Genesis, but kind of Hideki-like. You know, he gets right. strokes gain approach positive, but then he loses two or three with his putter, and mm -hmm. there you have it. So, yeah, it's a, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a good win, right? You know, in America, you know, we like that, that American story, right? Like, I think Spieth winning would have been obviously sure. huge, um, but he's back. He's playing well. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, I want to ask you about Xander, all right? Xander Shoffley. Right. You know, here's a guy, to me, I've been critical, Tim, of Xander. I think he's he's certainly one of the best players on tour. Um, he has no weaknesses. 
but we got we see a trend now, Xander, where it's like the heat is on, and you can see those moments in sports, right? There's sports, and then there's sports when it matters the most, right? The heat is on late Sunday, fourth quarter, bottom of the ninth, whatever. And it's like, what's that guy going to do? What kind of player is he? And Xander, to me, is going backwards when the heat is on. You could see it early, first four holes, you know, sloppy. And then he, you know, he's seven back. He puts some birdies together. All of a sudden, he's two back, going in the 16 in the water. Yeah. I mean, are you seeing the same thing from Xander? What's, what's your thoughts when you watch a guy like this, the heat is on, he's just, he's not stepping up and, and getting it done. Yeah, when you saw him in that post-round interview yesterday and he was asked about it he was he was something about i don't i don't want to be the guy who's you know making steps and getting close i've been close i need to i need to go out and finish finish it and uh you know i don't think he's at the point yet i think he's still young enough that you you don't think he's damaged in any way uh he's he's more like maybe a young maybe sergio three or four years into his career when he was coming close and you still had mostly all positive thoughts about it, and you think he's going to break through. But now he's starting to pile up opportunities a little bit, and I and at the Open Championship and here. And when you think about yesterday's, it's going to be hard not to think about that 16th hole because coming off the 15th green, he's got it down to two, and it could have gone down to one if Hideki had made a, a double there after going to right. the water. But he's got it down to two, so he's in the hunt, and nobody goes in the water on the 16th hole. Nobody hits the ball where, where Shoffley did. I mean, if you missed, you miss it out to the right and you got yeah. a really, really hard two putt. But I, I've watched that hole a lot in years and nobody goes into the water short of the trap. I mean, I might, but maybe <laughs> yeah. you would, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, nobody goes in the water over there. And you know, if you, you hate to say somebody's choking, but that's just a terrible Shot mm-hmm. at the time, and I know he talked about what he thought the wind was going to do, but then he blew one over the over the green, probably a little frustrated with his third shot. So th- that's just a terrible shot to make when you've had four straight, what four straight birdies at that point. I mean, he he was rolling. Yeah, and he, I wouldn't say he had a decky on the ropes. A decky probably felt pretty good about saving a bogey, but that four stroke lead is down to two, and he knows he's got to make some shots. And and he just softly lets him off the hook right there. Yeah. I and mean, if he stuffs it there, the heat's on. You know, like yeah. he puts it to 12 feet. Right. Hideki's, Hideki's got to step up then at that feeling. point. Yeah, he's feeling it. And yeah, there was two shots. I don't know if it's like the game's just kind of getting moving too fast. Like he hit the big drive on three. He's just short. He spent, you know, adequate time before that shot. And then he chips it and doesn't, I mean, it rolls all the way down. I'm like, what was that? You know, that, you know, that hole is the most baffling hole. And I've watched it a lot in person. And, and you don't get a lot of it on TV. You know, it's a 340, 350-yard par four that you think these guys could almost all drive close to it. They don't usually try to because the green is, you know, about this yeah, wide. It's crazy. They like to have a 100-yard shot to it rather than what he had. And I always think these guys have those shots. But then I watched him. And I think he's going to chip it on and roll it toward the green. And he chips it and, you know, doesn't even make it onto the green. And then he's over the green. And they have so much trouble on that little hole. It's fascinating to see it these is. guys struggle. Now, when he had trouble a couple holes later on five, that hole's, that hole's harder to make four on than, than 
the par fives on the back nine are, are hard <laughs> right. to make four on. That is a tough hole, and and he got himself into trouble, but he left a shot in the trap, and you, you're amazed when you see Shoffley do that. And so he, he he took himself out of it, and he really had to fight to get into the hunt, and then you know just disappointing that he he would let it go on 16 and not not at least put the heat on and give us a great finish. Are they, are, are we too easy on golfers can, in comparison to other sports? Like you, you take a Xander, you take a Finau, like these guys, we know they're great players. They're great men too. I mean, both these guys are fantastic yeah. guys. And I, and, and then you look at them and their skill sets. I mean, they're kind of underachieving now, you know, Xander's got four wins. Finau's only got the one but their skill sets are so through the roof that when they get to those moments of it's time right. to win and hit the event and they clearly struggle with it, you compare that to other sports. I feel like we kind of are a little harsher, you know, with maybe the the football player that struggles in there yeah. or the baseball or the basketball or golf. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a second, it's a third, you know, yeah. it's, it's like we, there's a little more acceptance. Is that, do you feel that's the case or no? Yeah. I think that's largely because the others are team sports and you're letting a team down and a city yeah. down or whoever's cheering for you. Whereas these guys are kind of independent contractors out there, but they're, you know, they've got a caddy and a team in that sense, but, but the golf media is pretty easy uh, in general. Now maybe, maybe Greg Norman would, would differ with that or, or somebody who had a, <laughs> yeah. a career marked by certain disappointments. Uh, it could certainly get tough. And, uh, you know, I think it, like a guy like I mentioned Sergio earlier, he became that guy who will never win a major until he until he finally won the Masters. And that becomes hard. And Shoffley's not there yet. But if he keeps getting top fives and not winning, he will become that guy. Yeah, well, it was good to see um, a guy that I know you know a thing or two about being down in um, in Dallas is Jordan Spieth. And, um, you know, he's back and it's awesome to see. I mean, he's just rattling off top fives. Like it's no one's business right now. And of course he had to yeah. win last week at Valero and his putter let him down a little bit on the weekend here, but he's hitting it good. Um, he's back and it's, it's really cool to see for the sport. How, how popular is Spieth in the Dallas, the greater Dallas area there? I mean, is he, is he kind of, is he the man? He definitely is to, to do what he did at such a young age. That's very different from just being a good golfer who, who happens to be from somewhere. Um, I can remember uh, seeing him at a Mavericks game in 2016. So by then he's, he's won the masters and he won, he had just won the, the first event of the year, the, the Kapalua tournament when he shot 30 under. Yep. <laughs> and yep. and uh, I got, I talked to him real briefly at the Mavs game. He said, yeah, 30, 30 is a good, 30 is a good score. <laughs> um, but he, you know, doing that stuff when you're 21, 22 years old and being the kind of guy he is football players, others, he, he'd show up at a stars game. There'd be a standing ovation. Mm. So he's gone beyond what there's been a lot of good golfers from the North Texas area, but he is beyond that. And it's, it's almost an Arnie like thing with the way he plays. He gets himself into trouble. He's not a perfect ball striker by any means he's nope. not in the top 200 in driving efficiency this year so he's a little bit all over the course but my god he can recover 
from everywhere oh. and he can get his putter going like nobody. So that makes him fun to watch in addition to being really good. And, th- and these last two years were a real, were a real struggle. And uh, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't really coming close and he lost confidence in his putter. And he mentioned uh, right before San Antonio, he's not having to do the trick of looking at the hole when he's hitting a six foot putt which is really kind of a gimmick thing. It seems hard to those of us, like I've tried it on a putting green. I might yeah. just get all if I'm not looking <laughs> at, the, at the club the ball. But he's doing it to try to relax and not be so technical. But he said, in a perfect world, I shouldn't have to do that. Right. And he's not doing that anymore. So he's got his confidence back. You know, he, he, he made a bad bogey on the first hole yesterday. Yep. He's talking to himself, coming off the green. And then he hits a terrible drive and got lucky. Mm-hmm. And you think he's going to bounce back when he birdies number two. But he was just a little too far back when he made his run to really – he needed yep. he needed a decky to, to crumble a little bit, and that just didn't happen. Yeah, he um, – you know, just watching him close at Valero, that's the other side of it. That's that special it factor in the way that, you know, he closes out tournaments. You can just clearly see he's comfortable – in that situation. And, um, yeah, the Spieth experience is must watch TV. It really is. I mean, just the fact that, you know, he birdied number two after that drive is just crazy that, you know, you know right. that's what Spieth does. He snap hooks yeah. it over there. He goes and finds it and he yeah. gets it down there and he, you know, then he birdie pitches in on 10. I mean, it's just, he does spectacular right. things and he's kind of polarizing. I think like, cause we know he's a great young man and people, adore him and they've adopted him in golf as kind of theirs you know and but then he but then he kind of rubs some people the wrong way and the way he kind of talks to michael greller and himself and he can kind of come across talks like a lot. he's whining a little bit so i know there's a lot of people like god he's just a whiner you know but then there's so many people that love him so he's polarizing in his own way and he's just and it's just it's very good to see him back because to me, Tiger's the needle. We know that. But underneath right. that, I think it's Speed. I think Speed's the next right. guy. I really do. I, I, um, think I think that's probably true. I, I would say him and maybe the mystery of DeShambo and seeing yeah. what's gonna happen yeah. with him. He might win the US Open by six or he might miss the cut, depending on right. depending on what he's doing. But Speed is Speed is right there for sure. Now he wasn't even the low Dallas guy in this tournament. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to ask you about Will Zaltorf before I get to that though. I want to, yeah. I, I, I have a question I want to ask you just as someone who covers everything on a national level and talks right. about it on around the horn and ESPN the whole bit. We're on, I'm, you know, I'm kind of inside, I've been inside the golf bubble forever. You're we're close to it and it's hard. I like other sports, but this is my, you know, sure. bread and butter. And like, we've seen the explosion of golf here in the last year and a half. There's more people playing. They're coming back to the game. Yes, the PGA Tour is, has lost a lot of money without having fans, but they're healthy. LPGA Tour is growing. Like, the game from the inside feels like it has the most momentum that it ever has, certainly in my time, in 21 years. And, like, you can't get a tee time here in Ponte Vedra. Like, it's just – it's packed with golfers everywhere. And I know that's the case, you know, across the country. Do you think – from your perspective and just other media people, does golf feel like, man, this, this sport's starting to turn the corner here a little bit. It really is starting to go the right way, kind of in all facets of the game, more approachable, more affordable, just all those little boxes that maybe 
kept people back and said, no, nah, golf's not for me. I think it is. Um, I think there are exceptions and I think there's still a, an issue with how long it takes to play around in some mm. places and for some ages and still troubles me that guys who, you know, 18 handicaps play with the same speed as pros, like they're lining up punts and know what they're doing. Just hit the ball. You don't really know what you're doing anyway. <laughs> uh, but, uh, because I remember being, when covering the Cowboys and, and playing out in Oxnard, them telling us just one of the little public courses right next to the Cowboys said, don't worry about the people kicking soccer balls around. That's a different thing they do here. And there's people playing this soccer game in the middle of the courts and you just <laughs> kind of hit over them. And, you know, it's like whatever they got to do to, to make money. But I think overall, uh, especially coming out of what we've been through for the last year, Golf is in a, an exceptional place, mm -hmm. and, and and it is certainly that way here in Texas. Um, just new courses and things all the time, all the way up in Frisco, where they'll have the PGA headquarters and all the rest. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it always has peaks and valleys, but it, I think it's been in a valley and it's it's heading toward another peak. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, it's certainly. It certainly feels that way, and having guys like Spieth playing good um, uh, certainly helps that. Hopefully, Tiger makes it back. Another Texas guy you brought up was pretty darn impressive. Uh, Will Zaltors, 24 years of age. I know a few things about Will. I actually had him on the podcast right yeah. after the U.S. Open when he finished sixth, when he was just kind of like, I've been following Will's career for a while, and I was like, okay, this we, I, I'm telling you, this kid can really hit the golf ball, first and foremost. Oh. He's an excellent driver iron player his putters mm, can be a little weird at times but he can go from a ball striking standpoint um i want to ask you like when i spent time with will he seemed very humble he seemed um confident confident but humble you know like knew who he was and just kind of i don't know like he kept things kind of like yeah this is golf just keeps it right in front of him Nothing's too big. It's just give me my clubs. Let's go figure this thing out. I don't right. care if it's Augusta or if it's a, a Muni in Texas. He's from Texas. What do you, what do you know about Will? What can you tell us? That, that amazes me how these guys do that when they're 20, 21. He's 24 now, but just at that age, playing in his first Masters. And that's what he said. I always wanted to do this my whole life. I was like, well, you're only 24. So don't, <laughs> don't act like your whole life. I'll tell you about my whole life. <laughs> Uh, don't tell me about what a whole life is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he came out birdie-birdie yesterday. Yeah. He was the only one of the guys who were four behind Matsuyama that came out like, okay, I'm going to catch this guy. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is making a bogey and, and faltering, Leishman and, and Rose and every, everybody. So he hung in there. And, and you mentioned he finished sixth at the U.S. Open. And I feel like nobody – I feel like nobody even knows that. In a lot of ways, nobody – not nobody, I'm exaggerating, but that that U.S. Open happened during the NFL season because mm -hmm. of yeah. the time. So it's like probably one of the most unwatched U.S. Opens because DeChambeau had a big lead and he added to it. There wasn't a lot to see. And I don't think people even know Will Zalatoris finished sixth in that yeah. thing and that he's finished fourth this year and that he's made uh, either 11 or 12 cuts in a row. I mean, think of all the good players who miss cuts all the time. He hadn't missed a cut. Uh, in forever in like four or five, uh, six months. So 
he's he's been making one after another and he's not even i don't even know what they call it he has a special exemption on the tour temporary card yeah. or something like that temporary yeah card, not a laminated one <laughs> yeah he, you know? he has to win to become a member basically right yeah yeah it's, it's i don't think he has fedex cup points i don't think he gets points yeah it's it's, not, it's a weird thing but mm-hmm. he's, he's gonna be a man i mean he's gonna yeah. win yeah he's and, gonna and be there he, he uh he, even at the end he, he at least you know came through and uh he was the only one that forced the decky to to have to make a bogey on the last hole yeah yeah, he, he he applied the heat early and he he hung around. He didn't go away. The yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there wasn't a ton of people out there. It wasn't the Sunday roars. You know, you can make a right. case the other way, but I mean, he's been trending for a long time. It's funny when I had him on. He just fe- he you know he was getting ready to go to Corrales the next week because he got in after the U.S. Open, okay. and we were talking and the pricing came out on DraftKings as we were talking and I said, you know, Will, I said, you know, you're going to be the favorite in Corrales. And he said, no, I'm not. I was like, no, you are, you'll be the favorite. And and he was, and he's like, Oh, wow. Like, like there's a guy. I mean, he just, I mean, he was playing in the corn fairy tour for crying out loud a year ago, yes. right here in our backyard at the King and bear. And you know, like it's just the fact that he's sitting there and the finish that he had at the masters second is it's just mind boggling how it, good and how makes, deep. Think, yeah. It makes you think how good, how many players, are out there who just oh. hit the ball so well. If, if he was on the Corn Ferry Tour a year ago with that swing, hitting the ball, <clears throat> driving it and hitting his irons the way he does, and I'm sure he's improved it this year, but there are so many guys that are close, but you're just a little off with your putting or whatever, and you never, never even get a sniff of the tour. Yeah, and, he, and, and, and don't forget, this is the first time he's seen these courses. I mean, yeah. like, he has no experience. He's coming into these courses – Seventh at the Farmers, you know, seventeenth right. in Waste Management, tenth at Arnie's Place, twenty-first at the Players. <laughs> if you've never Second. played Masters, if you've never played those greens like five and and like uh, seventeen, and, yeah, you know, uh, where you think you're hitting it in the right place, and you find out you just hit it in the absolute wrong place. Uh, that's that's remarkable to do that in your first week. Well, I think he had a putt on nine and 10 where you could see the lack of experience, like the way he played the putt on nine and the way he played the putt on 10. Like, I think he's okay. He kind of got fooled because he's never had that putt. Yeah. So you could, there were moments throughout the round where I'm sure he's like, wow, okay, I'll put that in the memory bank, you know? So he was giving shots. I mean, theoretically away, cause he's never hit those shots before. And you could see right. it on nine and 10. There was probably a little lack of experience in the way he hit those putts. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to be around for a while. I mean, the one thing with the tour, I think the perception is, is that you think people think you have to chip and putt to play on the tour and, and you can't be a dog, but the reality yeah. is, is the best players are the best ball strikers. You know, they, the stroke scan approach, the iron game is number one and he has it. I mean, he, he's just, right. I mean, he just carves people up with his irons and his driver he's long and that's kind of number two, right? So he's got one and one a don't be a dog with your short game and putting. He's not, he's not the best putter, right? but he's good enough where he's going to be. He's got well, that like, lasting power. It's like, even with Matsuyama, if you go back and look at the, on Saturday, you look at the birdies he made. Those were eight and 10 foot putts. He was so right. good with his irons. He didn't have to make 25 foot putts. Right. Yeah. He didn't have to bomb it in. 
Uh, right. The eagle he made on 15 was probably three or four feet. He had yeah. such a good shot from 200 yards out. The iron shots are what win. The second shots are what win you at the Masters usually. Yep. And that was true for Hideki, and that's what got Zalatoris close this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I know you're a busy man. You've got your show coming up. Let me give you got any um, early leans um, maybe for the PGA. Any any guys mm. that you uh, that you're kind of looking at that you like? Because hey, it's only five it's only five weeks away. That'll come <laughs> around quickly. Um, you know, I I actually thought John Rom would not be a good pick this week. Mm. I thought coming off, you know, originally he thought he might miss it because of his wife having a baby, but then they had it last weekend. And some people thought that would lift him. I thought he'd be so distracted. And then he ended up playing great. I I would always look at Rom as a guy who's going to win a major in the next two years. And I think, you know, watching the match play a week ago, watching Scotty Scheffler play, Mm. seeing where his game is. uh, And he's got all the same qualities that we've talked about he, he'll hit it a mile if he needs to yeah um, I would put them up there and I and I want to see what Morikawa does in terms of I know it's a different course but he'll be the defending champion and he hasn't mostly played quite as well this year as maybe I, I think I thought coming into this year he might be you know number one on the tour he, he there was the sky was the limit for him and he hadn't quite got there and so I want to see how Morikawa does as trying to be the defending champion in that tournament. Yeah. I mean, Scotty, to your point, you know, he's played two masters now back in November, he finished 19th and then he finished 18th this year. So pretty, pretty sporty right. stuff. Another Texas kid. Yeah. Crying out loud. What are you guys doing? They're, they're all, he's breeding all these professional. We don't really golfers. count the shambo. <laughs> okay. He's too weird. He stopped by SMU for a cup of coffee and won an NCAA tournament. But we don't really, we don't really uh, play. Let's see. Unless he starts winning all the majors. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Tim, I, I appreciate it um, for coming on and uh, talking a little golf with us. I know you're a busy man. Congratulations, 18 years around the horn. And <laughs> um, and I still watch. So, you know, Thanks. it's just not when I was a kid. I'm still watching. And, and, and obviously, a lot of people are still watching because that's yeah. a heck of a run for TV, as you know. 18 TV. years. That doesn't happen every day. <laughs> lasted a little longer than we expected but i yeah i appreciate you having me thanks a lot okay man. all right have a great week tim cowish everybody thanks tim all right let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at encore golf encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 